Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we did not do our little test thing, so I'm glad to see that we're both recording. I had a lot of confidence in it this time around. I didn't want to jinx that, so I was just going to like, yeah, this is going to work, and I'm just going to roll with it. Just discussing this with Nelson the other day. I think our titles are wrong. How so? <laughs> You're the technical director. <laughs> I'm I mean, the executive producer. I, I don't... Well, I didn't say you were. I didn't say it was the. Exa- but I. But I do the actual production. I do the editing. I do the. You do all the technical <laughs> side of it. Like once it goes into the wires and into the computer, I have no idea what happens. Yes, but what makes this a podcast is what you do. But what we talk about, a lot of the topics, who we have on, like, there are times where you've rolled in here and we've been here in the chair, and you're like, "So what are we talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's true. Maybe so, we, I, we really need to we really need so to change our like stinger if anyway. We had on the end a whole staff, and like there was more people involved. I would have to be in charge of content, yeah. which is what a producer. Yeah, that's true. Does right. That's true. <laughs> to some degree, I'm not angling for a title. No, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Again, what 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 this initially started out as, and what we've ended up doing is probably yeah. I'm sure we'd have to we'd have to make some modifications. Again, that stinger is so old. Like we recorded what we do at the intro and what I do at the end before we even had a podcast. So all of that needs to change. It doesn't there even have were six or seven takes of that. Yeah, and I think I ended up just splicing a bunch of them together. No, actually, that was one of the takes. Is where I read one, you read one, I read one, you read one. That's right. And then there That's was right. one where. I did the whole intro, and you did the whole intro. Yeah. And then there was one where I did the beginning, and you did the end. Yeah. Vice versa. Yeah. We did a lot of things. <laughs> we cared more then than we do now, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Now we just sit down. And we do whatever start we recording, want. You know, the stop funniest, recording, put the ends on, The funniest go. thing is, is I feel like... it's probably better now than it I was. feel like the more random our... our podcast is the more people like it i don't know what it is about that but when so, we've really like honed in and like tackled a real <laughs> subject most times people are like especially my wife is like oh that wasn't funny i'm like well they're not always supposed to be funny it's not like our we're just I'm like sorry, a comedy we sounded packet. like we knew what we were talking yeah, about forgive us my for apologies. actually being informed on a topic <laughs> but yeah my oh, favorite man. was somebody just told me recently that they just started listening to us, and the first thing that they've listened to was The Amazing Salad of Nothing. (laughs) And they're like, I love this show. And I'm like, wait until you hear the rest of it. It's nothing (laughs) like that. Which, by the way... Or it might be, actually. Sheldon, as as we've observed, the past couple podcasts has been randomly remarking on the dinginess and dungeoniness of my basement. And I realized... It is a dungeon. You only want to have one light bulb. That was the thing I was just oh, going to comment on, was that I feel like it's gotten... Your, your your description has gotten more colorful based on how little light has been in the room. So, we, yeah, we had a bulb go out, and then we had another bulb go out, so now we're just one. So if that one goes out, we're in trouble. We, Started we got nothing as going on. like, oh, this could be a bedroom, maybe. And uh, then, then the creepy crawlers showed up in the one yes. episode, and then I'm like... This is more like a cellar, and <laughs> as there's been less and less light here, it's definitely the dungeon. Well, I think if you're going to hold one of your I'm, children hostage, I'm a, sorry, or I'm, someone hostage. Yeah, someone, yeah. Can you hold children, <laughs> your children hostage? Does that really yes, work? Yes, you can go to jail for that. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, like, <laughs> technically they live in your house, so it's like, is putting them in their room and be like, stay here? Is that holding your child hostage? I mean, what does that even really get into? Yeah, if you lock the door. I guess so. I guess so. That's getting into whole things I don't even want to talk about. Legality is dubious. Legality is a weird, funny thing. And what's legal is not always moral. That is very correct. We could do a whole... Have we done a whole podcast on that? Uh, Maybe. If not, we probably should sometime. 
What's legal is not moral. Legal versus moral. It would just become us griping about the laws of the U.S. Yeah, but I think I think we could take a good swipe at our our former you know silent majority yeah. people and 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 you know which is moral enjoyable. majority. I mean, not silent yes. majority. The moral majority people back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I had somebody ask me uh, if our if our uh, women in, in ministry podcast offended anybody. And, oh. I, and I said, no. I said, I think all of our fundamentalist listeners got offended by us a long time ago, if there are any or have ever been any. So I, I don't think that really offended anybody much. Yeah. At least I, not that I I've heard. Know. We don't yeah. really keep track of that. We might actually tackle complementarianism at some point. I would be interested in that one. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. I have some bullet points to send you. All right. That's all off right. the air. Yes. Yes. All right. Here we go. Um, do you know which president was not a native English speaker. Border, language, culture. Language is so important. We did have a president who was not a native English speaker. Okay, can you can you give me the language that they spoke? <coughs> no, 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 no. I don't oh. want that. I don't want that specific. That's cheating too much. Give me kind of like an era. Like, are we are we talking like uh, like give me go, a give me a let's century? Eighteen hundred to eighteen sixty, somewhere in that range. Eighteen hundred to eighteen sixty. Okay, uh, let's see: Buchanan, Lincoln, uh, um, man. I can give you the language. See if you can get it. Give me the language. Dutch. Oh, 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 um, oh, shoot, why can't I remember his name? Uh, oh, if I get Old Hickory, right? Was it Old Hickory? What was, what was, who was it? Uh, it wasn't Jackson, was it? No. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> okay, if I Who say was a Pennsylvania man? That's what no, I'm trying no, to think of. Pennsylvania was James Buchanan. Okay, was it Buck? No. Okay, who was it? Is the guy with the best chops in the entire Martin Van Buren? Martin Van Martin Buren. Martin Van Buren. Oh, <laughs> really? I never knew that. He was not primarily an English speaker. Speaker. His first language was Dutch. A like Pennsylvania Dutch? No. A or straight up. A descendant of Im of immigrants from the Netherlands. He was raised in a Dutch-speaking enclave in New York. Wow. There you go. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Martin Van Buren, what an unextraordinary presidency he had. <laughs> he really did. It's it's like I've never done a deep dive into Martin Van Buren. Just literally the most milk toast, <laughs> ineffectual, nothing happened president. Yeah. If it weren't for his mutton chops, I don't think we would even talk about him at all. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I I did not know that, and I'm a little ashamed that I didn't know that. That feels like a thing it's I okay. would know, but. That's all right. I didn't know it either. Jess gave me an amazing desk calendar that has random trivia on it. Mm. So now I have something to keep bringing to the Did You Knows. That was pretty solid. I was given a couple of years ago a Star Wars desk calendar, which was like the original Star Wars stuff. There was 365 things to talk about. Yeah, there were like little factoids or oh pictures from, from the movies or, or like uh, 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 concept art, different things like that. But there was this particular picture of Carrie Fisher in the Slave Leia costume. <laughs> and oddly enough, she this was I think I had this the year she died. And I I cut out just the face of it and I still have it pinned to my desk <laughs> along with other pictures and it's there. Now it's not her full body in the oh, Slave Leia costume. It's just that's her a, that's an interesting it's thing just to a headshot. A yeah. It's way. just a headshot. But I've also got one that is is made to look like a advertisement, like a poster for uh <laughs> for uh um oh shoot. What what was what planet was she from? Uh Alderaan. And it says Alderaan by moonlight and it's like a, a vacation, like encouraging people to come there. Oh. But the moon is actually the Death Star. <laughs> and so I have that pin there, too, because that was just Cause too it got funny. Vaporized. Yeah, because that was just too funny. But anyway, totally random thing. But something you just said reminded me of that. I don't even remember what it was, but Whew. there was one listener to our podcast that told me that they know they now know way more about us than they ever cared to. You guys, <laughs> you, if you guys had any idea how much we self-censor on here. I, I had somebody <laughs> ask me the other day if we've ever actually censored anything, and we do each have 
I think one clip each. We did. That we've gone back with like, you know what? I think we need to pull that. And so we've edited that out. But for the most part, you get this raw, real, and honest exactly yeah. as it stands. It's, it's just the moments where we really did not say what we wanted to say. It's, it's one of them was because, <coughs> and this, this happened. I have pet peeves when people get into arguments. Yes. One of my pet peeves is when people go straight to Nazi Germany. Right. And so I was like, we're not going to make an argument that pulls in Hitler totally. or Nazism. Right. As like, and that was, and I'll claim go that, this way. And I'll claim that. That one was mine. But. I made a valid point. You had a valid point. But you were right. And it could have stood. But it would, it would not have, it would not have. The point was not worth the argument that was being made. I just have like this inner reaction against it. The other thing that I have a reaction against is slippery slope is the only uh, logical fallacy that people will claim as they're making their argument. <laughs> totally. You don't go, I'm going to throw an ad hominem at you. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Let me let me pull in this red herring. <laughs> Have you thought about school buses? Oh man. <laughs> you know, the people don't do that. What they do <laughs> with slippery slopes though is, you know what though? That, you know, it's a slippery slope from what he's saying to where we could end up. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I hate that because it's like you are making an illogical argument and you're telling everybody, what I'm doing right now is gonna be super illogical. Watch yeah. me do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. Now, was, if you want to say that some of the progressions that people go through, they're going to go through this type of progression, and then after that, it leads to this type of thing, then you're hiding the slippery slope, but you're at least talking about the steps that people go through. Yeah. I'm tired of people talking about things being authoritarianism. <laughs> I'm like, you clearly don't know what that word means, because the very fact that you're on a public forum saying that you're living in an authoritarian government means that you're not living in an authoritarian <laughs> government. Yeah. Like, I, oh, man. People, people use so many words, and so little do they know what they're actually saying. Your, your manager was authoritarian. Really? Did he have a gun? Yeah. <laughs> Is his job to make sure you do yours? Did you voluntarily I mean, hire styles. Like, I understand, like, this style is more authoritarian. This yeah. one's more understanding and listening. Yeah. But, but it's people that mean I it. I live under, yeah, I live under an oppressive regime. You live under an oppressive regime in the United States? <laughs> Maybe you should try this thing called visiting other countries. Ugh. Or reading a book. For crying out loud, read a book. Read a book that's not by a, a college professor. Like, read an actual book with somebody who's been places and seen things, not just somebody would, who has read books by people who have been places and I seen things. I would love to see the authoritarian state that allows people to buy weapons. Or talk freely and exchange ideas right. or have contrarian opinions. Or hasn't burned books. Oh, my word. I do. It just, it just the stupidness of the internet just infuriates me. It really does. And, and that's why it's good to take a break every now and again. And yeah. I might remind, remind you, Lent is coming up. That's <laughs> true. Those of you that have, you know, made good decisions in January for a while and you felt good and you would like to feel good <laughs> again sometime, <laughs> can I recommend giving up social media? Yeah. <laughs> Instagram's fairly safe yeah, comparatively. Sure. sure. But Twitter, Twitter is just. What I'm amazed at Twitter is... No, no, no. So I will give Twitter this caveat. Give it. Facebook is a cesspool. Facebook is the worst thing ever. Facebook is endless arguments about the worst things. Yeah, I have it for no reason. If I don't, your Twitter is bad, that's your that's problem. That's on you, totally. You have either followed the wrong people mm -hmm. or not unfollowed the wrong people or whatever. Yeah. And just be quick on that unfollow button. And quick on the follow button. If somebody if somebody seems funny, I'll follow them for a while, and I'm or I'll scroll through some of their tweets, and I'm like, eh, this is legitimately funny stuff, and I'll put that in my feed. Sprinkle in some sprinkles there. You yeah, know, it's absolutely. Like, you know, a few Hershey kisses here and there aren't gonna hurt anybody, right? That's right. And if you didn't sweeten the pot enough in your timeline, that's your fault. That's I'm totally with you. You're getting everybody. If that guy's really annoying you, 
you can simply unfollow. I okay. I just started following somebody on Twitter who um, basically wrote about. Uh, I sent you the article about somebody who was who was uh, an extreme leftist who went to a Trump rally. Yeah, and was surprised by what she saw there in a positive sense, and uh, and I I actually started following this person, and she actually got a tweet from a. Uh, what I will say, a rational feminist that I follow named uh, Christina Hoff Summers, uh, brilliant woman. Um, but she, uh, there's a lot I politically disagree with her about, but it's an interesting perspective, and she's a reasonable person. Yeah. And so reading that article combined with Christina Summers retweeting this woman, I'm like, you are a reasonable person. I'm going to follow you too. And I fully expect to disagree with her sometimes, and that's good. Right. That's nothing wrong with it. But I, 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 I try to get on Twitter, a balance of reasonable people. Like yep. that is, if I feel like there's a reasonable person who will make an argument, even if it's one that challenges me, I, I will, I will be interested and I will follow. Or reasonable reporters, yeah. like people that generally go in and find a good story. And even if the story isn't what they went in to find, it, yes. it's interesting. Yes. So I'm like, there you go. You're interesting. That's right. If I know exactly what I'm getting from you, you're not that interesting. That's very correct. That is very correct. So yeah, yeah. I really need to. I really need to get rid of my Facebook. Honestly, there's two reasons I still have it. One is I go to delete it. And I'm like, oh, all these old pictures and these old memories that I get every once in a while. That's how Facebook gets you. They get you with the memories because everybody loves that little thing where it comes up. Hey, you have X amount of memories today. Yeah. And you can go back and look. I just oh, see yeah, these really little that. kids that used to be mine. That's right. Now That's I have right. these teenagers. And then, on top of that, Facebook is like a, getting rid of it is like a multi-step process. And I've made oh, it through I've like it. I've made it through like two or three of them. I'm like, okay, this just isn't worth it. I'm done. I've I've saved all my Facebook, like downloaded everything, put it all the way in the corner. You know, have a file for all my all my posts, all my pictures, everything condensed in one folder. And then I de deactivated it, deleted it, and then Jess needed something off of it, and she reactivated it. Uh. And now I'm on it because hey, our podcast is on there. Right. I have to post stuff on there. It's got Messenger. There's a few people that, well, just one this week, a friend of mine had moved out of state and I'm like, I think I have his number, but I've gotten in trouble texting old numbers before. <laughs> <laughs> I have a particular one. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> so, so I, I, I sent him a Facebook message like, hey, man, is, is your number still this? And he got back to me right away. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll call you. And so like, like. That is one of the reasons I still have it, because I'm like, I know your Facebook is yours. Like, yes. And I can call you or, or hit you up on Messenger, right. and, and we'll be good. But that's why I don't, I don't delete it, delete it. There, okay, so with old numbers, I, there was a family member who had lived out of state, and then when they moved, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I have, <laughs> I have her, her husband's number. Okay, let me, let me just text him. And I texted him something. And, like, had a full-on back-and-forth texting conversation, not knowing that <laughs> this was not him. <laughs> this was someone else entirely. And all of a sudden, I get a text, and it's like, hey, this is Michael. I This is Michael's phone. I'm his girlfriend. He just went to the bathroom. I saw this, and I feel really bad that he's been, like, playing this game with you. <laughs> we don't know who this is or what. And, like... Um, basically, I'm sorry. You have the wrong number. This is, this and, is, and it was all like <clears throat> plans for us to go pick the pick them up or visit them. I don't know what it was. And so, like, we're texting, like, trying to make these plans. And I, like, I was like, something's a little off. I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I just saved that number in my phone yeah. as write this number on bathroom stalls. That's literally <laughs> what it says. So if I'm ever in the bathroom stall with a Sharpie, this is the number to write. <laughs> and it's saved in my phone that way. I, I've not, I've texted the wrong people in my phone. So like there's, there's a, a, another Kayla that I know that <laughs> is in my phone. Now, Kayla is not called Kayla in my in phone, phone. but I'll forget myself sometimes and be like, just using Siri, hey, text Kayla. And so I had a couple times where I texted Kayla on accident, this, the other Kayla, and a couple of times where I almost texted her things that I do not want to be texting anybody but my wife and <laughs> stopped myself. But I've now changed her name in my phone to Kayla and in parentheses it says not yours. Because that way, if I do serious, I do just to check. Do you want to text Kayla, not yours? No, no, I do not. 
But one of the best things I've ever gotten was this text. This is from 8.35 p.m. on September 24th, 2018. And I still have it in here. Hey, want to come over and keep us warm? Me. I think you have the wrong number. Is this Debbie? Nope. This is Nate. I'm a dude. Oh, okay. Sorry. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> it was it was one of the most random moments and one of the most beautiful. So it will it will stay on my phone forever. Keeping an us. Yes. Like that's. Uh, I, there's so much about that that worries me, good. but I'm just like, oh, <laughs> there you go. I've gotten a few of those though, where I've gotten random people texting me that think I'm some girl or some hookup that they're trying to have, and oh like, boy, well, you're you're not. And I've even had a couple where it's like, you are not sober enough to remember any of this. So there's, there's all kinds of, there's oh, all kinds man. of things. Oh, man, do not disturb is a gift from the Lord. It is. It is. But, yeah, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that text. I go back and read it every once in a while just to remind myself that it's there. And out there somewhere is some guy that thought I was Debbie. You know. <laughs> Poor dude. Poor dude. No, we were, we were thinking about doing something in the vein of, of – uh, Again, talking about why we're capitalists, but we did a whole episode on that, so I'm not sure that we're going that route tonight. Yeah. Um, but just suffice it to say that when you give power to the government, you have to give blood to get it back. Mm-hmm. So just be careful about the kinds of powers that you give to government. Yes. That being said... <laughs> That goes back to another episode that we did before. So skipping off of that, I wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about 2020 and everybody, you know, being up in arms and they they think they're going to influence their friends and neighbors to vote some way or go their way on a particular issue or I don't know. You think that somehow your post on Facebook or your post on Twitter is going to be the one that convinces everybody that they are wrong and you are right, and they're going to come over to your way of thinking. Yeah. Does that happen? No. <laughs> no, not, not at generally. All. Not, not at generally. All. And, and the reason I, I was thinking about this and talked to Nate a little bit about it today, I think the reason that doesn't happen is we overestimate our influence mm. a little bit, and your influence is directly connected to the amount of place you've been given in someone's life influence is something that you've earned yeah and it's something to be maintained like there is a responsibility with the amount of influence that you've been given and for instance if you're very famous or whatever people call it a platform you you can call it influence you can call it fame but there's a certain type of responsibility that comes with that because people are looking to you now you can throw it off and say i'm not responsible for what people think that's fine, but understand that your influence is only as much as the actual relationship that you have. So your most biggest point of relationship are the people that are closest to you. Yeah. Right? On, on like the micro scale where most of us live. Yeah. Like the m- biggest influence I have is to be a good husband and build a good marriage, right? That, that's my place that I can have the highest impact. Because that's the highest level of intimacy in my life. Right. Okay? So she knows everything about me. And if that's true, and I am who I say I am, it's going to show up in the influence I have in that relationship. Totally. Okay? And extend it out a little farther. Okay, the next sphere of influence is my kids. I can't control what they do. Totally. Like, I'm still responsible for what they do. Yeah. And less responsible the older they get. But my sphere of influence there is pretty heavy and extended out a little farther. My extended family, you know, depending on the amount of interaction we have on a day-to-day basis, my influence may be a little more or a little less. And you find that out when you have to have hard conversations. It's like, okay, how much influence (laughs) am I willing to cash in to see something change here? Right? Like there's only a certain amount. And there's sometimes I'm just going to let things go by the wayside and some things will address, you know, because I feel like my influence goes that far. At work or at church, there's another set of influence like further out, okay, in in your life. As you keep expanding this, you can see your impact is less and less 
depending on the amount of relationship that you have. Yeah. So broadcasting your <laughs> thoughts and feelings and dreams into the Twitter sphere is equivalent to flushing them down the toilet. Totally. Absolutely. Except you know, in the negative sense. It's, it's funny, too, because I think that this kind of goes both ways in that I think that people overestimate their influence, but I think that people also overestimate the influence that others have on others, for, for right. lack of a better term. So it's like somebody wants to look at, say, LeBron James, and he makes a social or political comment that they don't like, and yeah. they want to attack him because, oh, you're influencing all these kids, this, that, and the other. And granted, there is a degree of that to which that is true. But very few kids are looking at LeBron James and saying, man, LeBron James is really woke on the social issues, or he's such a this, that, or the other. I want to be like LeBron. They look at LeBron and go, man, he can really play basketball. I want to right. play basketball like LeBron. And so when he speaks to those things, yep. he's having influence because that's the relationship that people have with him. Right. Um, you know, I, there are musicians that I love, I respect. I've picked gear. I've picked... Uh, uh, styles of play, of rehearsing, of practice that are based on the things I've heard them say because yeah. I appreciate what they do. And politically, socially, uh, you know, uh, relationally, they're absolute dumpster fires and I couldn't care less what they think about yeah. it. And they literally have had no influence over me in that realm. Um, so I always think that's even funny. You know, you get into the whole, you know, we talked about that, the, the moral majority thing, but we're, you know, freaking out about, oh, you know, these rock stars who are living this life and doing all this and the right. drugs and the sex and the whatever. I'm like, yeah, but people care about the rock and roll. Like, that's the part they like. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the other things they sit there and go. actually do enjoy the music. Yeah, the, the other people sit there and go, man, how are they still alive? Like, that's, that's <laughs> what people look at with that. So I think it is, I think we do. We tend to overestimate the influence that, that others have. Over, it, it, we think of it as all-encompassing just because someone's famous or just because they're, you know, particularly good at one thing. Yes, they may be experts in that one field, and they should and can be uh, an influencer in that field. But the rest of it is just like, yeah, you're just a guy saying a thing because that's what you think, or a girl saying a thing because that's what you think. Great, no, no big deal. Yeah. And I think we do. We get we get into these petty arguments and these freakouts about people's opinions because their influence is somehow going to corrupt my children. If, if, if LeBron James says something that corrupts my children, that is on me. That yeah. is not on LeBron James. I am doing something wrong if LeBron James if has more sway. they can't encounter that little bit of the world and not be, like, yeah. <laughs> totally destroyed by it, right. I have done something Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I do think it's funny. It's, it's such, a, such a fixation nowadays, that idea of influence. And and everybody thinking they have it. And you can especially see it like in the in the need to apologize, you know, in a public forum. Yeah. Or the need to explain yourself in a public forum, you know, to explain your actions or have some kind of accountability. Who are you being accountable to? Unless you've done something in your job poorly. You know, if, you've, if you're a reporter and you've re reported facts incorrectly or, or pushed a bogus story and you want to come back and apologize for that. Great. You didn't do your job. Own it and, and we'll move on. Yeah. But like this idea that you have to apologize because you offended a certain subset who doesn't care about you and who you don't even know is mystifying to me. I don't I really don't understand that because yeah. who, who gains and who loses from that? Nobody. The, the other way that people overestimate their influence is when they think that they're going to, for instance, like you talked about going after LeBron, like yeah. they're going to hate on him and they're going to hold his feet to the fire. We're going to hold Trump's feet to the fire. What? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know you. Yes. He's like you've way overestimated your influence. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It's like people that are like they're gonna save the planet. You're gonna save <laughs> the planet. The whole thing. The whole thing, or oh, just man. your part of the planet. Like well, I understand you being able to make your neighborhood better. I don't yeah. actually understand well, you and that's, saving the planet. And that's even the thing that's so funny to me. You know, you get into the whole the the alarmist aspects of of catastrophic climate change, like yeah. the ones who are just out there, like, oh, we got five years left. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. You're basing this paradigm on the fact that what your way of life is and what our way of life is currently is the static norm that it should always be yes. this way. This is the exact climate we should always have for the rest of time. Period. Right here. Even though this window that we are in is very short compared to the rest of the history of the planet. Yeah. 
you're 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 We've so narrow. Ice age, global ice ages, global tropical climates. Yeah, like and it's changed, and a we lot. will have more. And it, you know, if the if the world is still around in another two thousand years, three thousand years, right. it's going to look very different in every aspect than it does right now. So the idea that we right now in this moment are going to have a key influence that will then resonate through all of eternity or as long as the, you know, before the heat death of the universe or whatever, like it's just unreal. The, and, it, and it really, what it really comes down to this idea of influence, I think it, it really is. There's, there's a sense of pride uh, in, in the, in the negative, but I think there's also a sense of desperation of wanting to matter. Yeah. Of wanting to be more than what you simply are as you are right now. Right. You know, everybody wants to be remembered for something. Everybody wants to know that they've changed the world around them for the better. And that's important. Right. But we look at all these things that are external. And, you know, I think that's so right. I, I, I had a conversation with my, my wife the other day. I don't know why I call her my wife on here. I, I just call her Kayla. Okay. We all know who she is. Um, but I was having a conversation with Kayla. Rather, she was having a conversation with me where I'd, where I'd gotten on strong for something. And it wasn't a big deal, but I was just irritated. I was annoyed because I was trying to do something else, and he was getting in my way, or he was, you know, whatever, wanting to help, and I just was frustrated. I didn't want him to. And sent him off, and he went off, you know, legitimately crying. Like, he was Where'd sad about it. Down, yeah. And Kayla just stopped and looked at me. She's like, Nate. She's like, he adores you. He just wants to be with you and do what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And what I wanted to do <laughs> wasn't even a big deal. And I actually don't even care about it. And I was like, it was like, I had to eat some crow on that one. And, right. and we had to go, we had to go have a conversation, him and I, but I think it's so easy to get lost in the things that we're, that we're looking at externally and miss those things, miss right. those moments. Cause I do, I could get my kids to walk through whatever for me if I wanted to at this stage. And again, yeah. they're only for well, but Normandy can't walk yet, but you know. I feel that with older <laughs> older kids as well. Like, I, you you have tremendous influence over your kids, especially as a dad. Like, you you have like you are their picture of what it means to be a father, or or for your son, what it means to be a man. Yeah, you know, and and it is funny because I never saw a lot of that early on, and it was like, yeah, he's my buddy, and we hang out, and we're cool, and whatever. But lately, Ryland's been trying to get me to like teach him to do things like yeah i want to know how to start a fire yeah and i'm like okay and but he wants to do it right or like i'm changing the oil in the car and he wants to be with me i don't know that he wants to do that yet but he wants to see how it works right you know and and he wants me to teach him some of those things and it's moments like that that i'm like these are these are majorly influential things yeah. like if I died tomorrow, these are the types of things that you'll remember, yeah. right? These are the th kinds of things that I wish my dad would have taught me, mm -hmm. you know, type moments. Yeah. And, and you don't get that place in a kid's life by just that moment. Right. You have that power because it's been given to you because you earned it. Right. Because he wants to be like you. If he didn't want to be like me, he wouldn't, I'd be the last person he asked. Yeah. Right. He gave me that place of influence, right? And I and I earned it, right? And and the same thing with my daughter. I used to worry all the time, and I'm starting to have, I don't know, I have a whole thing, and I'm I might develop it a little further, but I have a whole thing about dads and shotguns and daughters <laughs> and things like that. And I'm like, sounds like cool things to say to other dudes, but I've had a conversation with a a dad who's got a son too. He's got a son and a daughter, and he's like, if any dad ever pointed a gun at my son <laughs> and made like some sort of joke or something in that regard, me and that dad would meet on his front porch. Yeah. And I would be like, listen, this is not how you treat children. Yeah. My son is a child. He <laughs> likes your child. They're going to hang out. They're going to have a good time. I raised a good kid and you are an adult. If you bring a gun into this situation, what is the matter with you? <laughs> Now, I know this is secondhand, but I'm coming around to this dude's way of feeling. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So help me. Rylan is a nice kid. Yeah. If you start introducing guns into his relationship, he's scared out of his mind just asking <laughs> your daughter out. <laughs> I'm going to lose my crap. No, it's, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, man. So i got to develop that further, what mm -hmm. I actually think about that. But yes, adults, like these are children. 
Try well, let's, to, well, let's try be to, like, real. Help be understanding here. Let's let's be real here, though. Like I men just use that as an excuse right. to buy guns. Right. That's all it is. Like, oh, I had another daughter. Got to go a get a couple more guns. And I make that joke, and of then course. I'm like, I gotta stop making that joke. <laughs> I actually, no, that's that's uh, totally valid, you know. though. I'm totally with that. But that's where I went down down that trail because I'm like, you know, my daughter has given me a place of influence in her life mm-hmm. too, and I used to be kind of worried how we're gonna navigate the teenage years. But I'm like, this really hasn't been much different than the rest of my relationship with her, and why should it be? It it she's yes, the relationship is changing because she's becoming more independent. She's going places I'm not with her. So what? Yeah. This is what I've been parenting for. Right. Is to see her go out there and do the things that she was created to do without me holding her hand every step of the way yeah. or being in the middle of it. And I've been really proud yeah. of what she's doing and where she's going. And the way she comes down on stuff, I'm like, well, I mean, you could be a little like more open <laughs> or, or like freer with what you think inside your head, you know? But then I'm like, eh, she's just guarded. She's yeah. kind of careful. Just and figuring and it I'm out. like, yeah, and sometimes Jess has been like, are you worried about this certain situation or that one? I'm like, about Elena or the other person? And she's like, no, about your daughter. And I'm like, no, <laughs> she's good. <laughs> like, if she's good and she tells me she's good and we're we're together, like, and I yeah. can tell that she's she's not, you know, devastated by something. Nah, she's got this. She can handle it. Well, she's strong. And I think that's <laughs> I think that's one of the things that we tend to forget, too, is... You know, I've been thinking about it lately. I, I I was holding hands with Eowyn the other day and just looking at how little her hand was compared to mine. Right. And it's it's funny because, you know, anybody who knows my dad, my dad has huge hands, like just massive hands. And even to this day, my hands compared to him are super small. <laughs> like they seem small to me. Yeah. But I'm looking at Eowyn holding my hand and I'm like, I remember what it felt like to have my hand in my dad's hand. And just how huge and like I remember the details of like what his fingernails looked like and like the yeah. veins on his hand. Like I remember those details. It's like, when do you get those cool veins? Yeah. <laughs> so like so sharply. I remember those things. And so I've had those moments where I'm like, she's gonna remember like this will be a memory, like of, of me right. holding on to her like this. And and wanting to have those memories actually mean something more than just, oh yeah, that was a thing that happened. Um yeah. and, and I think that I'm starting to view my kids as through the lens of I've been in their position and I know what that feels like. Right. I know what that looks like. You know, I know what it, what it looks like to have your feelings unintentionally crushed by a parent in a moment yep. when they weren't even thinking about it. And, and so I'm trying, I'm trying legitimately trying right now at this stage to remember that and keep that on my screen at all times, because yeah. I have a four year old and a two year old and a four month old and they all will conspire against me all at once <laughs> Especially the nights where, where I've, I've got, got them by to myself. Get control of this and it, situation. And it is. It's like you people are unreasonable. Well, yeah, they're four in two in four months. <laughs> they're completely unreasonable. Um, they care about what they care about. Yes, they do. But but I'm trying so so hard to get into that mindset of like these are the things I remember and this right. is because because we were both in that stage. Like there was a moment where like da- our dads were a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, like our moms were the ones we wanted when something went south. Like if we fell or if we like you know, whatever weird face planting or explosions you experienced because you've had a lot more of those wild things. Like, mom was who you wanted then, but, like, right. watching somebody, I mean, it's like, your dad was like a superhero. They did things, you're like, how did they do that? How did they know how to do that? You knew he was going to yeah. fix it. Yeah. You didn't know how or well, how And there was even how. the amazement of, hey, I can't reach this. Can you get it for me? Like, <laughs> you're a giant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There are things my there are things Kayla has to ask me to get down from shelves for. Right. She's not that much taller than or shorter than me, but still, it's just enough. I'm like, I'm a freaking superhero compared to other people my kids know. I mean, they they know other people their size, and that's it. Um, In kid world, I'm glorious. Yes. No, and and I think I think that going going back to the influence and how we use it. I think how we use it is is what we're talking about here and why it's so important how we use the influence that we've been given, that we're responsible with it, that we that we care about it, you know. Um I was I was thinking again about the like people that want to use the influence and relationships that they've been given, both for good like that mm. and also for bad. 
like well people will try and leverage relationship to get something yeah um i've i've talked i don't know if it's on this podcast but we've talked about multi-level marketing before and the if you if you've ever been in one of these programs the idea is you got to get as many people under you as possible and buying your product. And the way they start that is like, okay, you should do like most of you are probably new to sales. Here's what you do. You gather up like maybe your close friends or relatives or people that aren't going to judge you. Right. And you go through your whole pitch and you see how you do with them and you sell them on the idea. Right. And if you can get a few of them underneath you, that's great. And then you expand it a little further and you go to some other people that you might have good relationships through. And they do this because it's like, it's not going to be a judgment. It's kind of a soft sell type thing, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and, but what you're doing is monetizing your relationship and your influence. I didn't sit down with you because I care about knives. I sat down with you because I care about you. Right. And I want to know that what you're up to and what you're doing. And you're like, hey, let me tell you about this thing I'm into. Got it. I'm here because of you though, right? Yeah. So when you sat me down and then if you end this with like a a hard sell where you're going to get me to give you money, you've just put a price on our entire relationship. Yeah. And it's sad. It yeah. makes makes me a little bit sad. And and you know, if my kids are doing it, I get it. I get like being understanding with it and whatever, but it's just it feels dirty. Yeah. It feels dirty for some corporation to sit back and say, you know what would be a great way to sell, to like hawk our product? Yeah. Let's get people to peddle it to their families. And most of the time it ends right there. You do your families, you like your family, extended family. Maybe it gets in your church circle or your work circle. Yeah. But beyond that, unless you're a real salesman, you're done. Yeah. You're done making money. Yeah. And then people will use their Facebook or their Instagram to push it a little further and extend this game a little longer, but then it's over. And the essential oils become non-essential oils. (laughs) (laughs) And people stop wanting them. Or they break out in hives because they mixed (laughs) the wrong The wrong ones. The wrong way. Oh, man. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I just, I, that's the one thing other than the really bad finances that bothers me about uh, multi-level marketing or like Christian multi-level marketing in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You've, you've got your own set of fill-ins on that. But after that, I want to jump off into something about actual sales. But anyway, since we opened the door on multi-level marketing, we might as well go. Oh, man. Well, and I've been in, I've seen so much of that too. It's like my mom tried to, you know, did the whole Avon thing for a while. And, you know, and of the ones, Avon's a little more established. So right. I like, I like right. tend to give the Avon people right. a pass. Well, and that's the thing is, I, I think it's always funny because when, whenever the subject of MLMs come up, the first thing that somebody will legitimately go after is, is that you think, they think that you're going after the product. Right. Sometimes there is a legitimate product. Right. There sometimes there's like there are legitimate things that, that are being sold that are, you know, maybe not what they're being advertised as, but they're still a legitimate <laughs> thing in and of itself. You know, you actually are selling a product. And that's that's and people get hung up on the legal or illegal aspect of it. Right. Well, it's a Ponzi scheme. Well, no, because we have a product. Okay. All that aside, that's not what we're talking about. It's that idea. And, and I'm granted, not saying you should go to jail for this. I'm no. just saying you shouldn't be doing right. it. Right. And the reality of it is when you get into an actual sales position, you're creating a relationship with the intention of selling. Right. Someone is coming to you saying, I need something. I'm willing to partner in a business relationship with you in order to receive that thing. That's a whole different thing than yes. I have an, an, a legitimate foundational and intimate relationship with you. And now I'm going to leverage that into money. Like that is horrifying. And most people, if they actually think about it, would agree that it's horrifying. Um, but we, we, we try to just say, Oh yeah, it's just the same. We toss it all up in the air. It all lands the same. You're making money. Yeah. They won't see you any differently. You've just, you know, pressured your grandma into a $300 decision that benefits you, but they won't see you any differently. No, it's not, not going to affect all. your relationship. Not at all. No part of this relationship has died an unnecessary yeah. death. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, the, my favorite one that I was ever in, I 
somehow we early in our marriage, me and Jess got drug into one. And she's like, I don't know what they want. I kind of get the feeling this is what's going to happen. But I just want you to come with me because I like them and we should sit down and do this. And I'm like, okay, just be understanding when I'm not understanding. She's like, no, I know. I know. I'm kind of bringing a bowl into a china closet. I get it. Yeah. And so like we went into this thing. I let them do their whole pitch. And then I was like the guy who doesn't understand anything. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Can I, can you show me like how this works? And he's like, okay, okay, here's how it works. And he starts like drawing it out. And, and I'm like, okay, this is helpful. I like, I like the drawings. This is good. And so he's like, draws it all out and he gets done. And I'm like, can I borrow that for a second? I borrowed his pen. And I went, I drew a three-sided triangle around it. And I flipped it around and I slid it back to him. I said, I don't think we're interested anymore. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I drew it. He's like, the way I drew it was the other way. You flipped the triangle. I'm like, yeah, it really doesn't matter <laughs> which way you build the pyramid. If there's three sides and one at the top, I get the idea of what's happening. I'm like, I understand you might believe in this product and we like you as far as people go, but you need to understand that my money is currently in my pocket. It's going to stay in my pocket. Like, this creative well, charade is I, not know, going to somehow magically think, get my green money out of my pocket. I and think it's so funny it because you. It, with, with, with MLMs, like, they, they, they keep coming in waves and then they go away. Right. Like, right now, I feel like we're kind of in a lull. There's not really anything that's like the new. I mean, you had the what were those 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 pants that the Lularoe or whatever it was. Lululemon. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there Which was were legitimately comfortable pants. Apparently, uh, the, there was there was you know uh, there's Arbon, there's there's uh, Melaleuca, there's all these things. They're they're kind of not really an intense thing right now, but I'm just waiting because there's going to be another wave. There's going to be there some another waves. another thing. And again, I've got nothing against <laughs> any of those products. Back in the early days of the internet, it was gas cards. Did you ever run into those? Yeah. Gas cards and calling cards. <laughs> those gas are the cards. two. And what's crazy is <laughs> they got my parents because my mom is so good at like keeping a great checkbook. My mom keeps a checkbook that goes down to the penny. Mm -hmm. And once they laid out the math, she's like, so what you're saying is, and she did all her math and it checked out. Yeah. And she's like, if we play our cards right, literally gas cards, we could come out ahead. Yeah. And they're not counting on you to do this. Right. But she played it to the end. And kudos to my mom. <laughs> this thing was working for her. <laughs> right up until these people went bankrupt. Yes, of course. <laughs> because if she could figure it out, there was a few others that figured it out. There wasn't enough stupid people to keep this propped up. <laughs> and just because we were the smart ones, we weren't selling them to anybody. You yeah. didn't have to sell them. You just had to keep buying yeah. just enough. And I'm like... I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, is this legal? And she's like, well, you know, they asked me to buy it. I'm buying it. So I just oh buy it. Word. I use it. Here it is. It's from a website. You know, and it's, and the funny thing is this doesn't just extend. I, I have to admit, I didn't fully understand the whole yeah. thing, but it was a thing for a while in our this, house. This doesn't just extend to MLMs. I, I recently had a, an interaction with a person who, uh, they came from some distance away. They wanted to meet with me. Didn't know what about, you know, just wanted to hang out. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. We hung out for most of the day. It was fine. Like, uh, we were hanging around. I was, he was showing interest in various things that I was doing and asking questions and all this stuff. That meeting without a purpose. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, right. this is okay, this happens. And then right at the end, <laughs> right before this person left, they kind of had said, okay, well, there's something I want to talk to you about. And I'm like, you've spent four or five hours with me yeah. To get to the, there's a thing I want to talk to you about. I now feel differently <laughs> about the last about four the entire hours. interaction, and it was something very small. It wasn't a big deal, and I'm like, we could have done this over the phone. You could have just said, "Hey, once I kinda, again, another meeting that could have been an yeah, email." Yeah, it's like this is this is a thing that I thought, and I want to know if you are okay with that or if that was your intention. I was like, you know, whatever. But there's the same sinking feeling that you get when you realize that the entire purpose of an interaction is simply to get something off your chest or to now again there obviously we i have bad news for you about this podcast <laughs> <laughs> this has been a two and a half year lead-in i do have something <laughs> i want to ask you <laughs> 
Oh, it's like the worst April Fool's joke ever. Jeez. <laughs> can you imagine? No, I, I can totally, I could totally imagine oh, that. I'm great at the long con. Here yeah. I am. Oh, man. But yeah, there's, there's, it's that same kind of, and it's self-preservation, I think, in those cases more than it's really disingenuousness, right. but it does come off as disingenuous. And, and, you know, that's, that's one of the funny things I, I keep. I keep hearing, uh, as it as it relates to Bernie Sanders, I keep hearing the the phrase, "Oh, he's just so authentic. He's authentic. He's authentic." I'm like, no, Bernie is consistent. <laughs> consistent and authentic are not the same thing, at all. And and I think this is so true of people. I love all how the time. you put your head down and rubbed your head before you said this. I know it's the thing you do right before you're gonna say something that wanna, you're like, I, I don't, don't want to say this, but I'm gonna. I don't want to talk about Bernie, but it is it is funny though how now all of a sudden we've we've superimposed and 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 switched out consistency because there is so little of it in culture now with <laughs> authenticity, and I'm like, it is not the same thing. Because you can be consistently doing very inauthentic things and just keep doing them all <laughs> along the while, and and people will praise you for it. But anyway, that's a whole separate issue yep. that we could get into there. <laughs> and we're already getting low well, on time-ish. I, I w- you know, I, would, I did want to say about, like, actual sales. One of the things that I found most compelling working with salespeople and training salespeople is the salesperson that genuinely believes in his product is not trying to con you at all. Yeah. He's walking in there and saying, I'm from such and such company. I'm in sales. Can I tell you about what we do? Yeah. And if you want to hear about what they do or what they're trying to pitch to you, this could be a great interaction for you. It could be something that you never thought of before. And part of the thing is I work for a company that we, we offer a solution that just a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. And we genuinely believe in our product. It has been the easiest thing to sell. Uh, of, of anything I've sold before or interacted with, it's because when you genuinely believe in your product, you're not leveraging that relationship or building that relationship on an insincere foundation. Yeah. I'm coming into this and I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm, I see what you're doing there. If you'd like another idea of how to either make more money, be more productive, put more money in your pocket. Yeah. I'd like, to partner with you to do that. Like, Hey, I have this product and it works really well and it would really help what you're doing. And I think that's sincere. Like I'm sincere when I'm saying that, like there's no reason you should have to weed whack this entire slope that takes you, that takes four guys five days a week to do. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Nobody should be out there sweating like that. You shouldn't be doing it to that guy. Here's a $30,000 piece of equipment that, yeah, it's going to take you a little bit to pay it back, but one of those guys could drive it up and down. Those other guys could go hang out and do something that they enjoy. <laughs> and you could pay them all the same. You still get the same <laughs> thing done. Or maybe you could find something that they enjoy doing and that they're passionate about, and they probably do a much better job because yeah. burnout's really high in the weed whacker category. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Like job turnover is great. That guy hates his job. How about finding <laughs> something that he likes to do and let this, you know, thirty thousand brush cutter, thirty thousand dollar brush cutter run up and down the hill for a bit. Like that's a that's a legitimate like you know I'm selling a product. I know I'm selling a product, but I'm also interested to see this guy have a little bit of a better life. Right. Um uh, and so when you're a sales guy, find something about your product that you really do believe in. And be good at sales. Enjoy being with people. Totally. Enjoy the process. Don't go into it to bankrupt somebody else's business. You're, you're, not, in, you're not in this to destroy your customer. You want to build your customer. Right. You want to see this guy or girl or business flourish. Yeah. Because when your customer's company does well, you do well. Right. Because they're coming back. It's mutually so beneficial. The best salesman that I've ever seen cared immensely about the businesses that he came into contact with. Yeah. And a few of those businesses, he would even sit down and go over like, Hey, you know, I've been, I've been in this game a long time. If you want me to like, here's some things I see your business doing in sectors that you might be missing. You're really set up for this. You could be doing this and just offering some free business advice and counsel and, and, and that type of thing. 
yeah, they knew he was a salesman. Right. But he legitimately cared about the businesses he was working with and became a resource for them. Right. And so when you become a resource and they lean on you and say, this guy actually has really good judgment. We followed a couple of his things and it's really working out for us. Like he does know the industry. Yeah. I've been around it a long time. Yeah. I do know the industry. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Yeah. So like we, we've been around. Yeah. My product's pretty good. It, it fits a few of the things that you do, but it doesn't fit everything. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I don't, care to see you succeed in all those other things just as much. So care about the whole individual. Don't just sell them a $900 couch when they came in looking for a $400 one because it puts money in your pocket. Right. Maybe try and find them that $550 couch that is actually what they want. It's going to hold up and the $400 one was going to crumble and you knew it before it even went out. Be a good salesman. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's what authenticity actually is. That's what it really is. You're, you're caring about your customer. You're caring about the business they represent you, not just for yourself, but in a very altruistic way. Yeah. Like become a resource, become that guy that build authentic trust. That's why the used car salesman quote unquote thing is going away. The advent of the internet, people are going to cross check you. Yeah. People are going to see if you're honest. If you're dishonest, you're not going to last. Yeah. Nobody's got time for you. And that's why all you want to be salesmen with your multi-level marketing and you're, you're just basically <laughs> insecure people a lot of times that will never make it in the actual sales world. Mm. You're not, if you were a good salesman, you're going to learn it here yeah. and you're actually going to do well, but you would do much better selling a real product in a real place. It's going to, that's going to make a difference that you actually believe in Yeah, that you, you may have the sales chops to do it, but most of the time they don't. Right. They don't they don't have it, so they go back to what they have. And that's relationship that they built over time. They cared about it because if you're not in sales and then then you don't have that outgoing, talkative personality, that icebreaker, you're ready to break through people's walls and all of that. You are you care about stability in your relationships. You honestly do care about these people. And now somebody who is in some corporation somewhere has told you that you're okay to risk that. You're not. Yeah. You can't assume this kind of risk to get a buck. Yeah. In your relationships. Don't do it for politics. Don't do it for your multi-level marketing. Yeah. Care about the other person. And this is this is one of the reasons that I try not to get political at work <laughs> at all. Yeah. Because I do I do care way more about what people think about my relationship with the Lord than who I'm voting for. Right. I care way more that people trust me that I'm going to be there when they need me or that my judgment is sound when they come to me for a decision. And if I'm aligned with somebody politically, be it Bernie or Trump, which is honestly looking like our two choices, good grief. How can you look reasonable or sound aligning yourself and saying, "Ah, I'm voting for that guy. Also trust my judgment in this delicate interpersonal decision. Right. I feel like that should be on a t-shirt somewhere. Legitimately people, we cannot risk. Yeah. You, I can't risk that. I can't sit there at, at, at work or at church or somewhere else. And I'll be like, Oh, that guy votes for Trump or that guy votes for Bernie. Let me take this super, delicate, hard to maneuver situation that has many facets and layers to it involving a lot of different personalities and people trying to gain different things and someone whose feelings are hurt. Let me take it to that guy. Yeah. Because obviously he knows what he's doing. No, the reason people would bring that stuff to me is because I have built trust and I've built some type of influence in this situation because they know me because I've done it before and I've done it in smaller ways. He has been faithful in a few things will be faith will be made ruler over many things. Yeah. That's, that's how you gain that stuff. And that's why we shouldn't risk it for politics and we shouldn't risk it to hawk, you know, $300 products. Yeah. You can't do it. I'm with you. I'm Sorry, you, you said a lot of yes, and I've been on a rant. No, so. I'm great with your rants. And, 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 look, it didn't even spike that much. It didn't even spike that no, much. No, you didn't, our, you didn't even get into your high voice or anything. 
No, but but I would agree. I, I, I think that that's, uh, and, and I think the same thing even would apply for ministry. You know, don't don't burn it on berating people because they're not oh, doing man. what you think they need to be doing. Pastors, <laughs> your your ministry is worth far more than politics, and your ministry is worth far more than scoring some sort of points mm-hmm. in, a, in a personal argument. Yeah. And you know what? King David even said, even even could tell that his kingdom was not worth his honor. Yeah. That when, when and uh, this was in a little book, it's a great little book called The Tale of Three Kings. Oh, and yeah. I know I've great talked book. about it before, Love that book. but if you ever want to understand authority and how it works, especially in the kingdom of God, you need to read The Tale of Three Kings. It's really good. It talks about um, uh, Saul, Saul David, David, and Absalom. Mm-hmm. And when David was confronted with the problem of a rebel in his own court, it was Absalom. And Absalom basically was going to overthrow the king. And David said, look, God made me king. If God wants him to be king, he'll be king. If he wants me to be king, I'll stay king. I don't need this palace. That's not what makes me king. Yeah. I don't need this throne. I don't need Jerusalem. That's not what makes me king. And he left Jerusalem. And the people mourned. Yeah. And he walked out. And he's like, the people don't even make me king. That act showed who makes him king. Right. And he even told his generals, don't kill Absalom. Don't do it. If the Lord wants him dead, he'll be dead. Like, if the Lord wants to give me the kingdom, he'll give me the kingdom. Yeah. Like, realize this, pastors. You're not a pastor because someone made you pastor. You're pastor because you're called. Yep. And if you have to fight tooth and nail to keep your position, maybe this isn't your position. Maybe yeah. these people are terrible and they should be left to their own devices. Right. Lean on God, not on your ability to crush people or your ability to keep a position. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I yeah, I don't know. Sometimes the power of walking away from something like that is worth a lot. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If the Lord wants to defend you, he'll defend you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody described it once to me. If everybody's taking the low road and you feel like they're just undercutting you and they're taking the low road, continue to take the high road. The gap between the high road and the low road is where God has room to come in and do his thing Mm. and to justify you. If you get down on the low road and you fight in the mud, how's the Lord supposed to justify you? Right. What's he supposed to look at and say, this person is honorable? Uh, nope, they're all dishonorable. <laughs> Look at them, all there in the mud, <laughs> slinging the mud around, all dishonorable. That's what we say about politicians all the time. Yeah. If one of them took the high road, it'd be like, well, maybe the people will justify me at the polls. Maybe they won't. But you know what? I'm going to stay up here on the high road, and uh, we're going to run a good campaign. <laughs> yeah. It'd probably lose in America because we don't <laughs> like that very much. We love the mud. <laughs> we're oh, not very man. honorable people. <laughs> When it comes to politics, but yeah. Anyway, that's that's my thing with influence. So I like it. It was a, it was a decent rant. It was decent. I <laughs> like it. It was random, but it's good. I, again, we've just been in random moods lately. This is what you're gonna get for a while. I yeah, feel like my dad is always like, "What are you gonna blog about tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> I was I have a nice you know course correction with my dad every Sunday night before I come here, hang out at his house, <laughs> get told how the world's gonna be, and then he's like, "What are you gonna blog about tonight, Dad? It's a podcast." <laughs> I think he knows it's a podcast. I'm sure he does now. At this point, I can see the face he would make while he's saying those words to you now, <laughs> just. To- just to poke you a little. I've just stopped telling him what we're going to do. He's going <laughs> to listen and find out. Well, tonight we didn't really know what we were going to do, so you know. We had an idea. We, but we didn't we know did. for sure. We didn't know where it was going to land. But anyway, well. Anything you wanted, Dad? You did a lot of yes. No. I, I feel bad. I, no, you, you, you wrapped that well. I've got okay. nothing to add. Anything that I add would just be just be presumptuous. I'm, we're good. We're All good right. on there. Yeah. Well, you guys are good. You're free to go for a week. We'll yes. let you. We'll let you That's tune right. into something else there yeah. on the podcast dial. Yes. Um, yeah, we've been talking a lot about rating us on iTunes and stuff. Um, maybe when you do rate us, tell us how how you found us, or send us an email. Uh, it's posted on the show notes yeah. if you want to look at it. But send us an email or uh, hit us up on. Obviously, we both still have Facebook. Uh, yes, so if you want to, if you want to reply there, we'll do our best. Yeah, and uh, um, let us know how you found us. Action step for me too. Start start throwing us some topics. We haven't had some audience <laughs> audience initiated topics uh, in a while, and we haven't done a Facebook live. But I'd like to do one where 
y'all will throw us something and we'll we'll seriously tackle it, not just tackle it in the five minutes, you know, in a, in a Facebook live. And then, and then we'll be told it's boring. That's right. And then we'll be told it's boring. But I'd be interested to see if there's anything out there that you guys would have any interest in us covering that we don't have to point back and be like, yeah, I listened to the podcast two years ago. That's, that's where you'll find that. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.